Good morning to everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is um, Thursday, July 19th, 2018, and today we're reading from the, the, uh, the big book, and we're currently on page 85, the first paragraph. It starts, it's easy to let up on the spiritual program. We're just going to read the one paragraph only this morning. So today's readers, we have Carmela G. on the 12 Steps and Terry N. on the 12 Traditions. And then the readers of the text, we have Susan H., Barbara E., and Craig F. The reference number for, uh, for yesterday, Wednesday, July 17th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 11,678, 11,678. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, it's 11,680. 11680. Okay, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. And we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, well, you can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now Carmela G. is going to go through those very steps, right? Carmela, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Carmela G. from New York, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to make personal, take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and for the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening 
As a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Carmela. Okay, Terry, your turn on the 12 traditions. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Terry N., Grateful Recover Compulsive Overeater in Sweetsboro, New Jersey. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God if he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for the opportunity for service, and I pass. Thanks so much, Terry. Okay, here's how our, this meeting uh, works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And what we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, we stop and, and when we share on what was read, and anyone can share it all. Um, we ask that you keep, though, your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Uh, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. And our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months. But there, there's no abstinence requirement for sharing if you want to share on the topic. Um, and we encourage you to do that. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, and we're sharing what the directions in the big book uh, mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then uh, mute your phone again by pressing star one. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And so we're, we're, um, we're gonna resume our study in the big book, and. Um, we're on page 85, the first paragraph, which starts, it's easy to let up on the spiritual program. We're just going to comment on the one paragraph. So now I'd, I'd ask um, Susan H. to begin reading. Susan, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thanks for your service. Uh, this is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Ohio. And I will read the passage here. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. 
What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Yeah, there's a lot in that paragraph. Um, Every day in my little gratitude list, I give thanks for the daily reprieve. It, It still amazes me. When I'm disturbed, I look to calm the disturbance rather than to go to the refrigerator. And that, that, that amazes me every time. It is what I, what I did strive and struggle to achieve in my own will most of my compulsive overeating life, but lack of power was my dilemma. Who knew that the desperation that came from failing miserably, repeatedly, would lead me to give up that painful struggle and look to a higher power. I did hand my will and my life over to a higher power, worked the steps to the best of my ability, and I received that, that reprieve. I ask daily and throughout the day, how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. And I trust that looking for HP's will will always be in my best interest. I know another must here, these these thoughts seeking HP's will must go with us constantly. I try to remind myself of that. (laughs) This is the proper use of my will. Strive to serve HP and to accept his will and his unwavering love. This, This says let go and let God to me. Pausing, asking, all through the day. And I will pass with that. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. Appreciate your service. Okay, so we're again, we're on page 85, the first paragraph. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program. Who would like to, to share on what was read? Nancy Marie. Um, who was from Maryland? Was that Amy G? Was that Amy? Hi, Amy. Okay. Hi. So I I heard um I heard Matt, Katie, Harlan, Nancy, I think Marie, Amy. Did I leave one person out or two? Jan S. Jan J. Okay, let's stop there with Lisa. So we got a we got a lineup here. We got our shortstop Matt, from, followed by Katie. Hey Matt, good morning. Hey, thank you, Larry, for your service. It's always a pleasure when you moderate. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Matt Ann, a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Yeah, this is really great. Like, for me, I'm learning that I can't let up on this disease because this disease is always constantly in the parking lot doing push-ups. I learned that the hard way when I had about 12 days abstinent and I picked up a little bit a little bit of food, not even a full binge, but a little bit of food that was off my food plan, still abstinent of food, but I really had to come to terms. It all started with a lick of hummus, then it turned into like a, a little bit of a meat ends, then it turned into like a whole full-on bit of cheese. So it, it builds. This, this, this disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And uh, I realized I have to pray and meditate every day, which I do now. I have to re- surrender my food and my life to my higher power, my own understanding. And I have to just give up. I have to surrender. I just have to say enough is enough. And it is. 
I don't want to go back up to almost 700 pounds when I was back in 2012, 11, and 12. And uh, I don't want to go back up the scale. Like, I was slowly working my way back up. I gained, within last year to this year, I gained over 125 pounds. And uh, by the grace of my higher power, since I've been working with my sponsor, I've released 25 pounds. But that's not my doing. I'm only doing what I have the willingness, and my higher power is uh, help me the rest of the way. Because, again, he's not, my higher power is not going to come down and take the fork out of my out of my hand or to take the food out of my mouth. I'm not. I'm never going to be cured of being a compulsive eater. I want, I want that daily reprieve. And the only way I get it is by taking the next right action and doing the right thing and surrendering to the power of my uh, of this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Matt. Okay, we have Katie followed by Harlan. Katie, motherhood is a young woman's game. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> what to Good say morning. to you, Larry Kay? Thank you for your service. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G. Recovered compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic in Boston. And yeah, I mean, it is easy. I looked up the word easy and it means cheap, downhill, light, effortless. It is so easy, right? Like, so we get these beautiful promises and we're feeling good. And it's like food is a subtle foe. It's quiet. It, you know, this disease speaks to me in my own voice. It says things like, oh, I only took a little bit of this. Oh, I use diet, whatever. Oh, I, you know, had a slip, I had a whatever. And, you know, for me, the only thing that this disease, this solution has to offer me is entire abstinence. You know, and the minute I start rationalizing, justifying and defending my behaviors, I'm I'm coasting downhill, right? Like I have a choice. I'm either going towards food or I'm going towards God. So my spiritual program of action my entire life, my proper use of the will is surrender, surrender, surrender. I cannot control the food. I have no power, no choice, and no control around the food. <clears throat> and all I have is a daily reprieve, which is a stay of, ex of execution. Like for today, God willing, I have a shot at not being punished by this disease, not being you know, a slave to the internal problem inside of me and instead going to the problem solver inside of me. And I must carry the vision of God's will, not Katie's will, not living in the future, not waiting for something to happen, but living in God's will, which for me today, you know, I read these pages 84 to 88 every morning and I ask God, okay, God, how can I be the best wife the best mom, the best member of Overeaters Anonymous today. God, please use me. And, it's, and, and please, God, thank you for another day of abstinence and sobriety. And help me stay abstinent, sober, and sane today. Help me execute, help me align my will with yours. Which means when things are not going according to my plan, and I want to sit down and have a, a panic attack or a cry or a complain, no, I have work to do. I have a 10th step. I've got to ask God to remove my selfishness, discuss it with someone immediately, and then what? throw myself harder into helping others because my primary issue is selfishness, self-centeredness. That is the root of my problem. You know, and I don't mean to, uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody in terms of, you know, what is working for you with your program. Um, I just know that for me, my program starts with God and entire abstinence and I move through the 12 steps each and every day. And that's what the book is teaching me, entire abstinence in these 12 steps at all costs, no matter what. And it is such a privilege, but it's teaching me right now 
how I keep in fit spiritual condition. And there's much more to share from all of my teachers, but it is a privilege to be able to, to work out at this gym of uh, Overeaters Anonymous with you this morning. And with that, I do pass. Thanks, Katie. Let's go to a guy with a bionic knee. Harlan? <laughs> Two bionic knees. <laughs> Good morning. Two of them now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And for a very, very long time, I looked in this book, and what I was looking for in this book was a sentence that says, now you get what you want. Now, because you've done some work, everything is going to go your way. Now, the world is going to serve you. And you know what? I never found that sentence. I found other sentences about selfishness and self-centeredness being the root of my trouble. I found another sentence here that says God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agent. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch to which we pass to freedom. I found another sentence here that says, <clears throat> Excuse me. As we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. Page 77. This is my last quote. My real purpose is to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and the people about me. I know nothing of what the world should be. I know nothing of what my life should be. And the faster I get to that conclusion, and the more solidly I get to that conclusion, the better my life is going to go. When it says here that alcohol is a subtle foe, what it's really telling me here is that no matter how evolved my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. And as a human being, I'm going to have wants and needs and desires that I am certain that if they were fulfilled, the world would be a better place, not only for me, but for everyone. We are not cured of alcoholism. A daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I have to serve God more every day. I have to understand that we come from the Oxford group. And the Oxford group were people practicing first century Christianity to the best of their ability. And that altruism, service with no thought of expectation, was at the center of what they were about. I better remember that every day. Because the minute I cruise, there's only one direction I can cruise. There's only one direction I can coast. That's the word I'm looking for. And the only direction I can coast is downhill every day not some days every day is a day when we must carry the vision of god's will into all of our activities how can i best serve thee thy will not mine be done that is a prayer i say to myself ten thousand times a day this is a program of service this is a program of spirituality the only thing we have to give us relief from this illness is a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. There is nothing else available to us. 
And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Harlan. Okay, we have Nancy followed by Marie. Hey, Nancy, good morning. Hi, this is Nancy. Can I be heard? You can. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, Larry. Um, yeah, so it is easy to let up on my spiritual program of action and rest on my laurels. I finally get that I'm powerless. I get that I have an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. I get that the solution is power greater than myself. And I finally get that this power um, stays in place and never moves and never changes, ever. I'm the one who moves towards it as I seek it or, or not seek it. I'm, I'm on this big ocean. That's what I think. I'm like a little boat in a big ocean. And all I have is the steps as my guide. They're my stars to use as navigation. And if I decide I can navigate myself, then all is lost. I've rested on my laurels. And my laurels live in my refrigerator. At this point, I've been, I've been unrecovered for over four decades. So food isn't actually that subtle to me anymore. It's an old friend. And I'm intimately acquainted with it. Um, but today I choose God and, you know, others have said like, that's the only, it's a daily reprieve every day. I wake up now every day. And I think to myself, Oh my God, I didn't eat yesterday and my life is happy, joyous and free. And, you know, some of my, uh, more interest more intimate homies know what my big problem is. And that is getting worse and worse. And yet here I am like not paralyzed. I'm not afraid. That is astounding to me that I do not live in fear today. I'm in pain, but I'm not in fear. And, um, I, you know, I can't, you know, my feelings boil up and they leak out my eyes, but I do not eat compulsively. And, um, so it, it gives me more, more um, motivation to, um, you know, resolutely turn my attention to those I can help. To me, that's the key. You know, the steps tell me that that's the key. So that's what I do every day, and I work hard at it. So um, thank you all so, so much for being here. I never, I have, a, I'm rocketed into the fourth dimension. I have a life second to none. I couldn't have imagined this if I was writing a movie script. So um, thank you all again, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy. Well, speaking of a movie script, Marie, good morning. Hi. How's that for okay. a segue? That's great. Hi, this is Marie J, and I am recovered in Colorado. Oh, man, this is just my favorite paragraph in the book. I'm just, I, I just love it. Resting on my laurels, you know, that's when I decide I don't have to address my resentments every day in step 10, or I don't have to stay in connection with this higher power and that's step 11, or I don't have to carry the message through sponsorship and sharing on the lines and outreach calls in step 12. And I just love this instruction for the proper use of will because I am a willful person. Even in recovery, I slip into willfulness. And that's a really dangerous place for me because that's where I start playing God. And it reminds me that I have to always be looking to serve the will of this power, this higher power. And it used to scare me because I didn't have a relationship with the power. I was afraid of it and I was always worried that I was going to be in trouble with the power, with God, because I didn't have a connection. I didn't really have the power in me. I didn't invite that power into me. I just created something that I could believe in with my mind. 
rather than having the experience of the power. And when I realized that I created it with my mind, I also realized how small it was because it was limited by my mind. I put God in a box and I defined it, this is what God is and isn't. But through recovery and working these steps, I found higher power. I was able to experience how higher power. And I was, be, be, I was able to see how giant it is and how big and powerful and loving and something that just I want to be in daily connection with. I want to have this relationship with. I want to have this surrender to. And, and what I know is that God only wants my happiness and your happiness. God is all about love. It's a good power. It's, it's so fulfilling and yummy. And when these thoughts go with me constantly, as this text instructs, then I get this daily reprieve from my disease. But then I get even more. I get happiness. I get joy. I get freedom. I don't have to live with the anxiety of running the show all the time. And how can I best serve thee? That is serving the love that God is. That is serving. The will of God is carrying the message of love in service to others. That's what this, this is all about. That's what we do, just as Harlan said. This is, about, this is a program of service, carrying this message of love and surrender to each other. And that's what we do here, and that's what we do every day, and I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks, I pass. Thanks, Marie. Okay, we have Amy followed by Jan. Amy, what you going to do? Hey, Amy, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Uh, my name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Oh, what an awesome meeting. Wow, so here we are, you know, in step 10. You know, we've gone through the promises. I mean, really exciting paragraph talking about being in a position of neutrality with food where we don't even have to swear off. Now we come to this paragraph, I feel like it's, you know, we come to a screeching halt where it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, here's the fine print. You know, here's the fine print. If we want to keep these promises being fulfilled in our lives, there is action to be done on a daily basis. Because spoiler alert, it says right here, we are not cured of alcoholism. And if we want a definition of the 12 steps, it's right here in the first sentence, a spiritual program of action. So I have to keep working these steps. That's why they call 10, 11, and 12 the maintenance steps. Because daily I deal with selfishness. Daily I deal with my character defects. Daily then I need to press into my program. This is a program that I have to use every day like everyone else is saying. It is the proper use of my will now in a recovered status, having gone through the steps, to use my will to align it to God. It says here it is the proper use of the will. And then, you know, this is expanded on in the AA 12 and 12 on page 40 where it says all of the 12 steps require sustained and personal exertion to conform their principles and so we trust to God's will. It is when we try to make our will conform with God's will that we begin to use it rightly. And to all of this, this was a most wonderful revelation. Our whole trouble had been the misuse of willpower. We had tried to bombard our problems with it instead of attempting to bring it into agreement with God's intention for us. And I agree with what everyone else is saying. Every day I have to get up and I have to ask God, what is your will for me today? Show me how to do your will today. Relieve me of the bondage of self because self is what gets me into trouble. Trouble, Selfishness, self-centeredness. It talks about that in the big book. It kills us. 
you know, and it brings us back to where the food calls. I know it does for me. And so every day I get a daily reprieve when I work my program daily and I carry that vision of God's will, what I believe is service to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. It's not done perfectly, folks. I'm not sitting here in meditation three hours a day and doing everything perfect and not having a character defect. I deal with myself, me, myself, and I every single day, and she is far from perfect no matter how long I have been in this program. But because I have a spiritual program of action, I'm equipped every day to turn my will and my life over to God and ask for his help to relieve me of those character defects so that I can be of maximum service to him. And when I do that, my day is a better day, and it is an abstinent day. And with that, I will pass. Thanks so much, Amy. Okay, we have Jan followed by Lisa. Hey, Jan, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service today. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Okay, great. Um, so for me, yes, I I really can't afford to rest on my laurels for any any length of time. My disease continues to progress despite the fact that I am, you know, working a program because if I were to, uh, you know, pick up the food today, I would be far worse off than I was before I, you know, regained this gift of abstinence that I have um, for the past six years or so. So, um, so for me, there's, there's a there's a dichotomy here because I can't, I cannot maintain my spiritual recovery unless I stay connected to my higher power, and if I lose that. Self, self, self will take over again, and for me, that is the biggest, the biggest uh, poison for me is that self-centeredness, self-pity, as people have said, selfishness, the thinking that is just, you know, all about, all about poor me, and oh my goodness, you know, poor me, poor me, pour me a drink, as they used to say. So I have to be really, really careful, and the only way that I can keep the focus or stay in my stay spiritually connect, connected every day is to get my thinking off myself and on what God wants me to do today. You know, and that's been you know challenging for the last four or five days because I've been not feeling well. So, but when that happens. So the dichotomy for me is is when I'm not feeling well or um, something challenging is going on in my life, I abandon self and I beat myself up and then I I become more selfish and more self-centered and more self-pitying. So it's like I, it just it snowballs just like the food does and that continues to separate me from God. And... Um, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when picking up the food will come back. So I can't afford those times. I can't afford to rest on my laurels. You know, I'm not the only person that, you know, has challenges with health here and there and now and then. And so those are things that I've learned that I have to just, I have to deal with when they come with the help of my higher power and, you know, a gratitude list 
and continuing to work the steps and admitting, you know, okay, I got self-pity here. I'm feeling sorry for myself and I'm just, you know, I'm caught up in all this self-stuff again here because of what's going on. So, um, but for today, I'm grateful that I'm here and I'm listening and I'm abstinent and understanding that God provides the solutions and the clarity and the wisdom to, to get me through whatever it is I need to get through, but I can't figure it out. I have to step aside. I have to say, you know, God, what would you have me do for you today? I have to get out of the way because until I do that, I remain imprisoned imprisoned to myself and that's not going to be a healthy place for me so thank you thank you i love this page too i understand completely for me that connection to my higher power is the most important thing in my life without exception the abstinence comes when i'm spiritually connected the program works for me when i work it's spiritually connected so thank you and i wish everybody a blessed day Thanks so much, Jan. Okay, we have Lisa, and then we'll open it up to more sharing. Mona Lisa, good morning. Good morning. This is Lisa J., recovered compulsive overeater from Michigan. Uh, when I heard those words contingent upon maintenance, I immediately thought of my car. Like, my car has to be filled up with gas to run properly. It has to be filled up with oil to run properly, and that oil has to be changed. And I am headed for trouble, like this passage says, when I try to run on empty. And when I'm empty, what do I fill myself with? When I fill myself with food, I'm left hungry. When I fill myself with self and the things I want, trying to wrest satisfaction out of this life, I become angry. When I try to fill my life with people, I become lonely. When I try to fill my life with work and career, I become tired. And when I try to fill my life with accomplishments and my own strengths, I become stressed. So when I run out of gas, what am I filling my tank with? You know, am I, what does my food plan look like? Does it look clean or am I eating a lot of garbage? Um, when, my, when I really get tired and I just want to numb out? Am I going to the television? Am I going to, you know, what is my source? So when I'm spiritually filled, I can function from that perspective and I get energy. So I pause, I pray and use spiritual energy. I pray and use step 11. So when I'm hungry or angry or lonely or tired or stressed, I know that I have to stop. That's my signal. That's my signal. You know, I have to stop. I have to fill up, but I have to fill up with the right stuff. So I have to fill up with God's will for my life or I'm going to end up hungry again or angry, lonely, tired, stressed, all those things that lead me back into the food and into my character defects. And, you know, fear activates all this stuff, fear of losing something I have or not getting something I want. So I have to look at God and say, what's your will for today? Because that's really the, the way I know that I'm going to be happy is when I'm functioning in God's will and serving others and, you know, being involved in my program. And, and that keeps me running. And so I'm so grateful today for the spiritual food and everyone that shared. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, if you're um, if you're just keeping score here, we're on page 85, the first paragraph, practicing my Spanish. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program. Who would like to share on what was read? Ashley M. Carmella G. Okay, Leslie let me, um, M. Okay, here's what I got. Lisa, Leslie, Deborah, Barbara. I missed somebody in there. 
Reva Mary B. Reva and Mary. Let's stop, with, let's stop with Mejia because I want to make sure we get through everyone. So let me see if I, I have um, I got a big lineup here. Lisa, Leslie, Deborah, Barbara, Reva, Maria, and Najia, if I got that right. All right, let's yeah. start with Okay. Yeah, I, I, I leave off the last initials there. My apologies. <laughs> um, okay, Lisa, it's your turn. Good morning. Well, good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I had to get on. I wanted to be a part of the group. I could feel the enthusiasm, just the happiness and the joy, and it's like, I want to come in and play. You know, I want to get in the circle and 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 share. Um, I don't know. I just really wanted to get on here and be with all of you. Um, I love Step 10, and the thing about Step 10 is when I got to this point, I didn't have this enthusiasm and love, and, well, I had the love there, but I didn't really have the enthusiasm. It still was feeling like a burden being placed upon me by my, my guide and this big book, and I, I knew my step one experience, which is the hopelessness and despair, that I would eat again if I did not get to experience this recovered state. And, you know, I was listening to a YouTube talk um, yesterday of Bill Wilson, and he shared about how when Eddie sat with him, at the coffee table, and when Ebby shared, you know, I've got religion, and, and uh, Bill asked him to elaborate what he means, and Ebby said, um, you could describe it as um, a religion of common sense, and I had never heard that before, and, you know, that's what this book teaches me, common sense, it's how to live life, so when I got to step 10, um, I didn't have all of this great love and happiness that you guys were sharing on the phone, I had to still go through the process of being in step 10 every day, doing step 10. It's just a way of life now. And it's the growth step for me. Steps 10, 11, and 12 are the, truly the growing steps. It's I continue to address those nuts and bolts of things that um, have the potential to cause me to eat and be blocked from my higher power. And I love the idea of having a relationship with my higher power. You know, I used to say, oh, my higher power is the most important thing for me. Today, it's really that relationship of my higher power that I have, and it takes time. And this is where that relationship gets nourished and nurtured in step 10 when I share with another fellow and um, release the the buildup of human emotion, and I get to do my seventh step. And, you know, just like step 10 is really four through nine. And... um, I don't know. I just I wanted to share to give hope to others that if you're here on this step and you're new at it, don't worry if you're not clamoring like, oh, wow, this is so great. This is so great. I had to keep doing it and doing it and work with um, newcomers and really every day just working that muscle. And then finally it began to happen. But really for me, once I got through the 12th step, I was able to look back and see, wow, now I get it. I get it. But I had to keep going through the work. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, we got Leslie followed by Deb W. Hey, Leslie. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. This is Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Long Island, New York. And I'd like to share on it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. Uh, at this point in my program, I am recovered again. and um, But I did relapse because I did exactly this. You know, I thought that Um, you know, sponsoring a bunch of people, that was enough. I didn't need to do the rest of the work. Um, This time through, I found that I need to do all of this work because if I don't, 
then I'm going to be exact, back exactly where I started, and that was back in the food. Um, I have, um, you know, been abstinent now for four and a half months and recovered for about two months. And, um, you know, I've started working with others. And, you know, I make calls every day. I do the work that needs to be done. You know, I always hear on this line, it's not for people who want it. It's not for people who need it. It's for the people that do it. And I'm, I'm finally seeing that. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful to, you know, to my higher power, God, um, you know, for, for giving me this, this, this gift this time around of the willingness and the honesty and, um, and just being able to take the action. You know, I used to ask all those questions of why, how does this work? Why does it work? You know, all that. And I found that just following the directions, taking these actions has led me to that uh, relationship with my higher power. So, um, you know, I continue to go through this every day and some days are good and some days not. But, um, you know, when I come out at the other end and I'm abstinent and, um, you know, I've tried to carry this message, I know that I've done the work that I need to do for that day because as it goes on in the sentence, we are not cured. So I know that I just have that daily reprieve and I'm very, very grateful for that every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Leslie. Okay, was there a Deborah? I know we got Deb W. Was there a Deborah also, or was I just hearing <laughs> those voices me. in my? Was that you, Deb? Okay, I good morning. One and the same. Good morning. Okay. This is Deb W. Recovered in Oklahoma, and I wanted to kind of hone in on the uh, where it says uh, we are headed for trouble if we do. Uh, for alcohol is a subtle foe. Um, and I was just thinking that part that says alcohol is a subtle foe. <clears throat> or that for us, food is a subtle foe. <clears throat> Why is food a subtle foe? Because me, the compulsive eater, being an addict, being a person whose knee-jerk reaction is to turn to something as a crux, a release, ease, and comfort, to me, needing uh, time out, um, you know, I deal with the tendency to turn to the drug of choice, you know, and mine is food. I have more time uh, invested in turning to food as from, you know, because of the knee-jerk reaction. Uh, and if the spiritual maintenance is weak, there's not strong spiritual growth, so turning automatically to God as a reaction uh, to counteract, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the subtle suggestion is not uh, strong enough. You know, I miss the uh, message that comes so quickly in my brain, you know. Um, I, can, I haven't even been able to process what's happening to me uh, with that compulsive thought, uh, you know, so I automatically, as a, you know, without the strong spiritual help, I automatically go toward my old uh, way of dealing with things. Um, so, um, you know, this thought comes in, and uh, and because I'm an impulsive uh, person, I, uh, yeah, I can't process it. So when I work the steps um, and I'm in the neutral place, you know, no longer am I using the old way of doing things, but yet my strength isn't built in the new way, which is God, the higher power, 
then I am, uh, I'm naked. You know, I'm trying to develop a new me. I'm trying to develop not only, you know, with the food, I'm trying to develop with the, the spiritual and the, uh, uh, the uh, emotional. And so when I have the strong spiritual, then the automatic reaction is to turn to the spiritual. The spiritual comes in and counteracts the old thought, you know, the reprieves that we get. The old ideas are washed away. And so it is so easy to turn back. That's why it's important to, to build that strong spiritual, um, spiritual, uh, what is it, that spiritual growth. Thank you. Thanks so much, Deb. Okay, we have Barbara followed by Reva. Barbara, good morning. Good morning, Larry, and thank you so much for leading us today. Wonderful meeting. For me, every day is a day when I must give up, give in, get to work. I'm recovered, but I'm not cured. I have to ask God to be with me every single day, asking what I can do to serve him and my fellows. It's so easy to rest on my laurels, to be complacent. After two decades of abstinence, I have to always remember my diseases out there doing push-ups and getting stronger. And only by surrendering, who would have thought that, and giving in will I feel safe under his umbrella. I have to remember also that on page 22 in the chapter, there's a solution. It says, while alcoholics can keep away from alcohol or compulsive overeating for months, even years, once I, as a compulsive overeater, go back to my alcoholic compulsive behaviors, I'll be off to the races again. My disease is doing push-ups. I'll have the desire, I'll have the craving, the spree, the remorse, the resolution, followed yet again by the desire, the craving, the spree. Uh, I can tell you personally, sin is not well. I need to pray, meditate, and work constantly to be transformed. Every day I recognize I'm human. I will stumble. I will make mistakes. But that's all right. I'm learning. I have to use steps 10, 11, 12 every day in order to keep my connection to God. I can't rest on those laurels. I can't be complacent. I can't let up on my reliance on God. I have to ask what I can do to serve others. I used to say two decades ago, abstinence is the most important thing in my life. Today I realize my connection to God is the most important thing in my life. If I'm to keep my abstinence, I must keep in fit physical condition. The doctor's opinion, the very last sentence says, I advise every alcohol to read this book through, and though perhaps he came to scoff, he may remain to pray. Newcomers, it works. It really works. I'm with you in mind, body, and spirit. We all are. Thank you so much, I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Reva. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Larry. 
Thanks, Barbara. Okay, we have Reva followed by Maria. Reva, good morning. It's your turn. Hey, Larry. Good morning. This is Reva P., recovered, grateful, compulsive overeater in Toronto. When I first came into this program, I thought it was like other program programs where you do like a six-month program. Um, And I thought after six months or so, I would get my certificate, I would graduate, and I would be good to go. I would get my stuff in order, the food would be in its place, and I would get on with my life. And it's a good thing I didn't read about Step 10 when I first came in, because this is telling me I am never finished. It's not one of those kinds of programs. And all I have is a daily reprieve. And it's like I've got a battery um, that only lasts 24 hours. So when I wake up in the morning, I have to recharge and keep that battery boosted all day. And then you know what? It's gone. And I have to do the same thing um, every single day. Um, And I love how he puts in these 10-step warnings with the word must. Like must, there's no negotiation there. It's like I have to do it. Otherwise, I don't get the promises that were... (laughs) that were outlined in the paragraph above. Um, And, you know, it works both ways. Um, The fact that I only have a 24-hour window and I just do this 24 hours at a time, um, that means, yes, there's no insurance policy that no matter how long I've been abstinent or calling myself recovered and uh, be in recovery, it doesn't really matter um, if I don't keep doing the same things each day. But it works the flip way too um, because no matter how awful yesterday or last week or last month was, and I had a really challenging day yesterday emotionally, um, today is a new day. Like I get to get a new chance every day um, to get what this program promises. And the last thing I'll say is the reminder that it's a spiritual program of action. It's not a program of theory it's not a program of talking. It's action by doing the work. Um, and that's the only way um, I get what it's promised. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. Okay, we have Maria. And if we have time, Najia. Maria, good morning. Maybe I didn't. There once was a girl named Maria. Good morning, Larry. You were speaking Spanish. Oh, I think Mary. you heard Maria, but it is Mary B. <laughs> Good morning. Hi, Mary. Good morning, everybody. This is Mary B. Gratefully recovered in Central California. And I want to share on it. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for deep trouble if we do for. Alcohol is a subtle foe, and I just want to put out there, what could be a greater subtle foe than food? I really believe it is. Um, I came to a vision for you three years and ten months ago. You hear a lot of people on this line share about being desperate and in the food, and they found a vision for you. Well, that is not my story. I had nine years, over nine years of back-to-back abstinence and 80-pound weight loss, maintaining below my goal weight in program 52 years then, worth the steps over and over again, um, uh, doing all of the things, working with others, sponsoring, I had a sponsor, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I called into this line, and I heard something wonderful. And I can go on a very long time about that. And I got a sponsor, and I did it again. My higher powers lifted me up by the scruff of the neck and planted me where he wanted me to be at the time. 25 years in Overeaters Anonymous, 25 years in a sister program, uh, three and a half years in another sister program. Uh, I've learned from every experience. I'm back in Overeaters Anonymous now because of the area I live in, that's what is here, and I'm loving it. And I love this line, but if God picked me up and moved me someplace else, I'm packed and ready to go because he is in charge. I am not. Um, I really appreciate everything I hear on this line. After all these years, I love every single word and the action that I am required to take and all of you. And I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. Nazia. Nazia, are you there to close us out? Good morning, Larry. And to everyone that is on the line this morning, it's so good to be in the house of OA. Taste and see that OA is a good place to be. I'm struck by the word rest. That's what I was looking for. And I'm not excited, nor do I want to rest on my laurels today. I want to rest on God. And how do I get to do that? I get to do that by working this spiritual program. I am so grateful that this program is spiritual. I've come to understand, my mom used to say, you'll understand it better by and by. And on the by and by for me, I understand that the rest that I was looking for for my deeply weary soul did not come from Duncan D., Mr. Ben and Jerry, and all the other um, foods that I thought would bring me comfort and rest for my soul. And neither did it come from the relationships that I so desperately wanted, especially with men. Didn't come from that either. It came, it started when God allowed me to hit a bottom because I was at that point just so. Um, and um, the food, the food was my God. And God allowed me. I'm so grateful for grace and mercy. He allowed me to hit a bottom. Bottoms are good places to be. And I'm grateful for that bottom. And that bottom brought me higher. It brought me up to a place of rest. But I had to take those steps. I had to understand. I had to understand that I have an allergy of the body. And only a God greater than me, not food, I didn't say food, God, God, something powerful, something greater than me, only God, whom I choose to call my higher power, brought me to this place through working step the steps. And that rest began in step one. And as I continued to work the steps, I gained more rest. But this rest I have today is this this peace and this rest with God. I don't want to rest on my laurels. I want to continue to die to self so that I can be of greater service to God, to you, and to others that God puts in my path. 
It ain't about you, Najia, I tell myself daily. And it was never about you. It was never about you, and I learned that through these steps. So today I rest on God, and I'm grateful that, again, that rest began at my bottom. And step one through 12 and living in 10, 11, and 12. When I do a 10, I'm dying to self, and I'm giving God the space within me to lift me higher so that I can be of better service to you, to God, to you, and to others. I am deeply grateful for every box, bag, carton that brought me to that bottom. But the bottom brought me to this place that I've been wanting. And I didn't know. I just wanted rest. I just wanted peace. And I'm grateful. And I'm, lastly, I'm so grateful that I have everything I want in my relationship with God. Thank you, God. And thank you all. And, and, and I just appreciate that the process is spiritual. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thanks, Najia. Okay, and thank you to everyone who has shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today for Thursday, July 19th is 11,682. And uh, so we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Barbara, will you read to us, please? Oh, you finally sang to me, of course. <laughs> Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.